Having a streamlined procurement process and a clear procurement strategy is essential to ensure your organization is able to meet its business goals, ranging from profitability to sustainability and more. This is Smart Consulting Sourcing, the only podcast about consulting procurement or how to buy consulting services. You'll get tips on how to use consulting, buy consulting, and managing the consulting. Tips and tricks from the pros. Let's do this. This is Smart Consulting Sourcing. And now your host, Ellen Lafitte. Hello and welcome back to Smart Consulting Sourcing, the only podcast about consulting procurement. I am Hélène and today we will discuss consulting fees, a state of the market. However, before that, let me give you a recap of last week's episode. A request for proposal is a document that businesses use to solicit bids for potential vendors. The RFP typically outlines the objective and scope of a project and includes a timeline for completion. Vendors then submit their proposal, which are evaluated by the business. The RFP can be used for a wide range of projects beyond consulting, from web design to event planning. And the reason why it's so important for consulting services is that it helps to clarify what your requirements are and what type of consulting firm you should hire to get the best value out of the project. And RFP helps you to set a timeline of the project, balancing the project scope, the band power, and internal milestones. It would define the results that you seek and additionally, RFPs help to ensure that the projects are well-planned and organized from the outset. In short, RFPs are a vital part of the modern consulting world, and there's a good reason why it's here to stay. So the key to writing a successful RFP for consulting services is to be clear and concise about your need. This will help you to attract the right consultants and get the best proposals. And consultants love nothing more than a well-defined RFP. That's because it allows them to focus on developing the best solution for the client rather than wasting time trying to figure out what the client actually wants. Consultants also prefer RFPs that are clear and concise. This makes it easier for them to understand the scope of the project and identify any potential red flags. So if you're thinking about issuing an RFP, remember to keep it clear, concise, and cost-effective. However, this week, I want to discuss about consulting fees. When you're hiring a consultant, it's important to have a clear understanding of the fee structure. Knowing how the consultant charges will help you set a budget for the project and understand the overall costs. It can also be helpful in negotiating a fair rate. Be sure to ask about the fee structure upfront so that there are no surprises later on. By knowing the consulting fee structure, you can be sure that you're getting a fair rate for the services you need. Otherwise, you could end up paying more than you expected, or worse, not getting what you paid for. So how does a consultant define their fees? Despite all the bad press about consultants and their fees, discussions should primarily be about impact and value. This does not prevent you from having a closer look at the structure of the fees and make sure you're using the right compensation model when working with consultants. Depending on the sort of consulting work being done and the location of the consulting business, consulting costs can vary greatly. While working on a project, a consultant will incur a variety of costs, which they will include in their compensation. In general, consulting costs are determined by the project complexity, the consultant's level of experience, and the time needed to finish a project. 
that how can consulting firm kind of figure out the numbers of billable days? There are several common principles that consulting firms follow. It might vary based on the job. The, procure, the project scope and anticipate completion time are taken into consideration first. They also take into account the quantity of workers needed for the project and their daily availability. Last but not the least, consulting firms also take into account their own overhead expenditure, such as hotel and travel costs. So when a consulting firm sets its rates, it must take into account both the expense of doing business and the desired profit margin. The total of these two features is then divided by the number of billable days in a year to arrive at a daily rate. The daily rate is then used to calculate the fee for each project. The consulting firm must also set aside a portion of its fees for employee bonuses and reinvestment. This portion is typically a percentage of the total fees earned. By carefully setting its rate and budgeting for expenses, a consulting firm can ensure that it remains profitable while also providing its employees with fair compensation. Everything beyond this target is partner bonus. After all, consulting fees can vary widely and it can be tough to know whether you're getting a good deal. Here's something to keep in mind. The daily rate of a consultant includes all fixed costs like administration, marketing, commercial, thought leadership, and idle time. Don't take me wrong. I'm not saying the consulting fees are not sometimes outrageous. I'm just explaining the logic behind them. And let's not forget that when you hire a consultant, you pay for the value you get, not the time. Here's the thing. Consultants are in the business of selling their expertise. And the expertise is worth a lot of money. After all, they spend years honing their skills and knowledge, writing white papers, developing new methodologies. And while they're doing that, they can't bill hours to the client, right? To put it bluntly, they know things that you do. And they can provide insights and solutions that you wouldn't be able to come up with on your own. And that's what you're paying for. When it comes to consulting fees, consultants typically use different structures which come with a specific set of risks. The first is deliverable-based fees or flat fee. For their projects, the majority of consulting firms employ a flat fee structure. The consultant will assess the work that needs to be done and assemble a small team. The overall cost for the team to complete the task will be included in the charge. And the risk involved for the clients is very low. Even if the workload is greater than anticipated, the consulting firm will complete the task. To reduce the risks, the consultant may be inclined to supercharge their resources, which is not a plus point. The second fee structure is time-based fees or daily rates. This technique is quite popular, especially with small projects and freelance consultants. It's also applicable to temporary managerial positions. Based on the number of days actually spent working for the customer, the consultant will determine a daily fee and submit an invoice to the client. In this structure, the project's overall cost is not entirely under the client's control and the client bears the majority of the risk. And you can see that it is an incentive to slow down since the consultants will be paid more. Returner-based payments are an option for clients who want ongoing part-time assistance. The number of days each week, month or quarter where the consultant will be on standby is decided upon between the consultants and the client. Independent of the consultant's work, the retainer might be paid on one single payment or a monthly basis. Retainer-based fees are more secure, but clients might not be as happy 
with the overall experience. Because if they don't use the consultants, they will still have to pay for that time. Besides, you might become a secondary client if your consultant lands a full-time project, and that's never a good thing. Clients just love the idea of performance-based fees. Why wouldn't they? It's a way to pay based on results rather than time spent working. After all, the consultancy world is all about results, right? But here's the thing. Performance-based fees can be tricky to navigate for both clients and consultants. First of all, you need to make sure that the consulting firm you have hired is on board with the idea. Both parties need to be clear on what kind of results they're looking for, and they need to be comfortable with the fact that those targets may not be met. Nevertheless, as the client, you need to agree with a fee structure which is fair and reasonable. After all, no consultant would want to end up working for free if things don't go according to the plan. If you're thinking of implementing a performance-based fee structure, make sure you do your homework first. For consultants, it's a great way to get paid, but it's not without challenges. The risk involved for the clients is very limited in this scenario. So let's have a quick look at numbers. First of all, it's difficult to know the details of daily rates since it is rather secret and often blurred by huge discounts over offered under the disguise of the commercial effort. In major companies, there is a five to eight-fold difference between a senior partner and an analyst due to the seniority, knowledge, and the fact that most partners spend half of their time on business, networking, and thought leadership. Looking at the MBB and big falls, MBB sure makes the most of the revenue because it's more expensive. The numbers regarding the revenue per consultant have grown in the past three to five years, where the average total of MBB is around $500,000 per consultant per year, while the big fours stand at a bit more than 200 k Indeed, the big four are hybrid players who sell more than just management consulting and like MBB who are pure consulting firms, and that could explain the difference in the revenues per consultant. But there's a difference between capabilities and industries too. The cost of a PPM project is often much higher than the price of a high-level strategy study. Indeed, the daily rates are not standard across capabilities. Strategy consultants can charge up to seven to eight times more than operation consultants. More surprisingly, the difference between industries like financial services and traditional manufacturing is three times, for instance. One of the reasons is that consultants' salaries are higher, just like industries, but better than others. And the tip composition is also a big driver for cost. Let's take an example of an innovation strategy project, for instance. A small boutique will come with one senior partner who will also the project manager and two sidekicks that can be consultants or partners. The large consulting firm will come with one senior partner, five experts at 5% of their time, one full-time project manager, two or three full-time consultants and potential back office expenses. But if we talk about team flexibility, the tiny boutique will have the ability to experiment with staffing and resource ramp-ups and ramp-downs. But the big business will be less flexible and the partner must reserve the resources for a specific period of time. But to be true, what you get with big firms is potentially a more exhaustive study and a stamp of credibility. So in conclusion, in recent years, we've seen consulting fees increase for many firms as demand from consulting services has outspaced supply. This has led to a competitive market for consulting talent 
and firms are increasingly willing to pay top dollar for the best consultants. However, not all consulting firms are created equal. Some still operate on a lower cost model, offering competitive rates that can be appealing to budget-conscious clients. As the consulting market continues to evolve, we can expect to see changes in consulting fees charged by different firms. Let me explain why I think it's important to consider the value you get from your consultant. When hiring a consultant, one might be inclined to just focus on their daily rates. The problem with this approach is that it overlooks the team composition and the expertise of each individual in this team. Because you might end up with a team with higher daily rates that do the work much faster and you will be on the winning side because you are not buying time, but value. And that marks the end of our podcast. Next time, I want to talk about how consulting buyers can stay ahead of a market booming for consultants. So stay tuned till then, stay safe and happy sourcing. And if you have other questions about consulting fees, remember you can always contact me directly on LinkedIn or by email because I'm always game for a chat. Bye and see you next week. Au revoir. You've been listening to Smart Consulting Sourcing, the only podcast about consulting procurement and how to buy consulting services. Pro tips on how to use consulting, buy consulting, and manage it. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, hit the website at consultingquest.com. Check out the blog at consulting.wiki and find the ebook Smart Consulting Sourcing, a step-by-step guide to getting the best ROI from your consulting. Available on Amazon and other online sellers. Find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. For questions and comments, send an email to ellen.lafitte at consultingquest.com. See you next time.